Yep. The Saints just do it again. Who that this, who that that. You know, the Saints returning back to the crime scene in Minneapolis where their Minneapolis miracle happened in last year's postseason. And they just wallop the Vikings. I mean, a statement win. Drew Brees, Saints, winners of six in a row. Watch out. And we welcome you guys back inside of our broadcast booth right here on Sebi's Podcast Show. Whether you're listening on air on WNSC Radio or viewing online and uh, got a very special, special guest star with us, with me today. We're picking our college football top four as the college football season winds down and getting ready for the postseason of theirs. And then we'll recap week nine action in the NFL and look at some of the biggest matchups and storylines in week 10. And it's all coming up here in Sebi's podcast. There's been mayhem, there's been parody, and there's been bedlam in college football. And as November hits and we loom into the reigning moments in the college football year, there's only one guy and one guy fit and qualified to help us out with breaking down college football. And that's none other than Chris Wolf here on the hotline with us here in Sebi's podcast. Chris, hi. Good. How are you doing? We're going well, going well. Glad to have you on the show here. And uh, Chris, you know, there's it's 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 seemingly in the college football. It seemingly seems as if that it's been Alabama and the field, Alabama against the field. Nick Saban, you know, there there aren't enough superlatives or words to lament the greatness of Nick Saban as the head coach. Um, probably you want to put him in the Mount Rushmore's of college football coaches along with uh, Bobby Bowden and others and maybe Bobby Joe, Joe Paterno of Penn State. I mean, there aren't a lot of negatives to talk about saving there, right? Yeah, he's done it. He's done it for years at Alabama. I mean, five national championships, only lost one national championship. And that was to one of the greatest college quarterbacks ever in Deshaun Watson on a, on a touchdown pass with one second left. Yeah, that's 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 astounding, and that was in 2016 there when uh, Deshaun Watson hit hit and a run throw with two seconds left for Clemson to win their first national title since '81. So um, when when we look at this year, you know, uh, I, I look at Alabama this year and I say, my lord, I mean, this might just be uh, Nick Saban's best roster, offensive roster, because we know Nick Saban, his identity is great defense he's always had great first rounders and and great prospects that go to the nfl and obviously are pro bowlers and sometimes stars so great defensive players and a great running game that's nick saban's dna well this year it's been a little bit of a renaissance a little bit of a of a different feel to it i'm not sure if the new offensive coordinator and steve starkeesian is has just come with some innovative and creative things because my lord to attack Valoa, boy, look out! Yeah, he. I mean, for once, they can. Th- this is like the first time I've seen in Nick Saban era that they have had been able to throw the football down the field with this, just like like just 
ridiculously. Like it seems like every game they start off with like a 70 yard pass down the field to either Ju- Jerry Judy, like Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, even Wadley, they're electrifying freshmen. I mean, it's just, it, I don't know how you guard that. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable what Alabama is doing there, and and we can all agree by far. I mean, they're head and shoulders the class of college football. But there's also been some other key teams and in, in, in other key uh, players in this year that's made a name for themselves. Um, LSU's look good. Um, Georgia with a great statement win against Florida this past week here, and and of course the the Tigers have a big matchup. This Sunday, this Saturday afternoon, with Alabama in Death Valley, and then you can't count out Notre Dame, who's look, who's had a great and strong resume as well, and Clemson, who's just, you know, been steady, steady, steady under Double Swinney. So, uh, what what would be your top four thus far through nine weeks? Um, well, obviously, I would take Bama number one. I would I would take Clemson at number two because I just think they have been dominating everybody since Trevor Lawrence has been the starting quarterback. And I think that team, and right now I think... Really good. And to go along with Travis Etienne, with the running game. My number... It's... I've been kind of like between number three and four. I, I'm going to put LSU at number three because their resume has just been the best in the country. I mean, they've beaten top 25 teams like Auburn, Miami, Georgia. So, and, and I mean, and Mississippi. So they've been very, their resume has been very good. And number four, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. The undefeated season. They also have a huge win versus Michigan. And I, just as long as they keep winning, they're going to make it. My first two out would be Michigan at five. And I'm going to go Oklahoma at six because. Ooh, that's a good one. Go, that's, that's interesting. Because Kyler Murray is probably the most electrifying player other than Tua Tagovailoa right now in, this, in the country. And that offense is just rolling. And the defense is starting to look a little bit better. And they will get tested this week at Texas Tech with that high-power air raid offense that Cliff Kingsbury runs. Yep, that's right. And uh, Patterson's always a great coach there, so they will get tested. And and, and I'll go ahead and and give out mines here. I'm taking a different route here. So, obviously, I've got Alabama number one, enough said. Um, you talk about Tua Tagovailoa, even though he's hurt, 19 touchdowns, zero picks. Enough said. Alabama number one. Number two, I got to go with uh, Clemson here. Um, and and since Double Swinney pushed the right buttons and switched, made that quarterback change from Kelly Bryant to Trevor Lawrence, um, week after week, you start to see him getting comfortable getting at ease with the offense and that defense we already know is as advertised especially that front seven that they have they can get after the quarterback and you're right they have just been dominating teams in the trenches in both sides of the football you talk about 
on the offensive line and defensive line. Maybe and just maybe, Clemson has the best trenches play in the entire nation. Clemson at number two, and then I'm gonna just go ahead and put Notre Dame at three. And, and, and here's why: they've been at three and steady at three. Um, and and I don't think they have done anything to kind of regress and drop one spot. Um, they they've they've now that Michigan win early on in the season looks good because Michigan right now is rolling. And then they haven't really played a lot of teams. You know, Stanford didn't pan out what they were supposed to be, but that win against uh, Virginia Tech in Blacksburg is starting to look good now. So I've got Ian Book and and, and Notre Dame and Ryan Kelly and their team at three. Uh, there's still some question marks with Ian Book, uh, but but uh, um, thus far, if Notre Dame runs the table and does not lose to anybody, uh, they, they should be good, and, and they should be good at three. And number four, like you mentioned, I'm going to go with LSU, arguably the best resume thus far in college football. You beat Miami at home, you go to Auburn, and you beat them there, and of course, um, you wallop Georgia. I mean, you embarrass Georgia. Very, very good Bulldogs team. A team that has the best rushing attack in the nation. And you hold them to under 100 yards total offense at Death Valley. That's a statement when I know they lost to Florida. Uh, that Florida loss really doesn't look bad that na- right now. But I've got LSU at four in my two teams that are out looking in right now. I would have Michigan in at five with John Harbaugh's team starting to roll out there in the Big Ten. And of course, at number six, I'm going to have to go with the dogs of Georgia. I know they just beat Florida and they lost to LSU, but they're still back in the race because of their win against Florida this week. Um, Jake Fron able to make plays. We all knew about the running game with Elijah Holyfield and uh, Mikel Hardman and DeAndre Swift, but Jake Fromm able to make plays and that defense was just suffocating in the second half of that ball game. I've got Georgia at six. Mm. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I mean, the resume is there for Georgia right now. I mean, there I mean, wasn't a good loss to LSU, but they rebounded from that and they have a showdown for the SEC East title this weekend at Kentucky. Winner goes to Atlanta, so that's going to be huge. And we're not talking about Kentucky enough. They're seven and one. They they right yeah. now control their own destiny to get into the college football playoff. No matter how, it does, I mean, even though they did not look good against Missouri, they control their own destiny. If they win out, they will get in the college football playoff. Oh, undoubtedly, if they win out, meaning that they would get past Georgia and eventually <laughs> beat Nick Saban in the SEC championship game in Atlanta. Um, of course, they, I mean, they, they deserve to get there. And they would probably be one of the more unprobable stories if the Wildcats of Kentucky were to get in the college football playoffs. Yeah, I just don't – no one needs to sleep on them. And don't sleep on that defense and Josh Allen. Josh Allen is one of the most underrated defensive ends in the country. That yeah, defense no is just stout. It, I think it's the best defense in the SEC because they're holding everybody they play to just like under 20 points. And it's just like they're having to play scrappy, like just bully ball games. Old school football. 
they do need better quarterback play. That is the big thing for them because Benny Snell is one of the best, one of the best running backs in the country. It's certainly in the SEC, but it's he's one of the best in the country. He usually will give you a great game, but they need more from Terry Wilson at quarterback. Awesome, awesome, a great point there. And tell me, uh, and lastly here, uh, tell me a team that is outside of of the the, the top six and near the top ten outside looking in nobody's talking about that can make a push to the college football playoffs in the last four weeks here i'm gonna go with the conference that has the least likelihood to make the playoff and that's the washington state cougars i think that they have a shot to make it if they went out they have one of the most one of the least talked about quarterbacks in the country and gardner Minshew, a grad transfer from east carolina he is just lighting up every defense he plays. I mean, averaging over 400 passing yards a game, just lighting it up. And they have back-to-back good wins versus Oregon and Stanford. And the path right now, they're on. It's win- it is very possible they can win out in the Pac-12, win the Pac-12 championship, be a and be a 12-1 Pac-12 champion. And maybe maybe sneak in if some chaos happens, maybe in the Big 12 or Big 10. Okay. All right. They're good points there. Good points there. Uh, Chris Wolf on the hotline with us here in the Sebi's podcast show, whether you're listening in on WNSC radio or streaming online here. And this past week and week nine in the NFL, uh, the New Orleans back to the crime scene in Minneapolis where the Minneapolis miracle happened in last year's postseason where Stefan Diggs just took that 47-yarder from Case Keenum and started mayhem in Minneapolis. And we also saw a great game out there in the Coliseum with the Rams and the Packers. What was your biggest takeaway? Well, my biggest takeaway is, is the New Orleans Saints and the LA Rams are in a class of their own in the NFC, I think, because they both have explosive, they have the two of the most explosive offenses in the league. And even though both defenses will give up yards, they're opportunistic defenses. They will get the takeaways, they will get the stops when they need it. And this game next, uh, this upcoming weekend, is huge it will be a it will be a showdown it'll be a great game and also i will not count out the carolina panthers either that team is starting to look really good they oh cam has been red hot red hot red hot they put up over 30 points on a baltimore ravens defense that has been playing outstanding this season that is something to be hurt to do to be to be mentioned and cam newton I think is having a be- the best season of his career, even better than his MVP season, because he's more efficient, he's more accurate. I mean, he's not turning the ball over as much. He's taking care of his body. Yeah, and and, and that I think we got to credit that to North Turner and North Turner, um, who's who's known as an uh, offensive guru, a quarterback whisperer, um, who's came and said that his. 
achievement this year for Cam is that he wants him to accomplish 65% of his passes. And boy, has he looked good. I think he's sitting at, I think, 67 right now. So, I mean, he's on track right now. And that team is going to be dangerous. Because Yeah, I think they're dangerous as well. I, I do. I do agree that they're dangerous. Um, uh, you know, we're talking about the darlings for MVP, the Patrick Mahomes, the Todd Gurley's right now. But I think that an underdog that can really, and, and maybe Drew Brees to a certain extent, uh, an underdog that we're not talking about for an MVP campaign is Cam Newton because he has just been rolling the Carolina winners of four straight. Yes, I just... I just think the Panthers, and even though everyone keeps saying the Saints are going to win the division, Panthers are only saying one game back. One game, right? And they still have games against them. Still have a game against them. So I just think they're just sitting there. They're just they're, they're just rolling along right now. They're sitting under the radar. And, and, and they still have that defense with Luke Keekley on it. And it's still a really good defense. They played very well against... Thomas Davis should be coming back. Yeah, and that and and they stopped a pretty good Ravens offense. I mean, Joe Flacco has been playing very well this season. The offense has been moving a lot, and they and they got takeaways on them. And I just just think that they are they are the one team that you don't want to play, especially in a wild card spot. They could potentially be like a twelve and four team in a wild card spot. So whoever would be sitting at three in the four seed, whoever would be sitting at the four seed, I mean, I would not want to play them. No, no doubt about that. And Cam Newton has a playoff pedigree as well. And, and then when we look at the other conference in the AFC, um, you know, just a juggernaut that the Kansas City Chiefs are. Patrick Mahomes, NFL record, 26 touchdown passes through nine games here. Um, passing Peyton Manning's record back in 2013, and, and he, you know, <laughs> well, what else can we say about Patrick Mahomes? Just, just a dynamic playmaker but with his legs and with his arms, and how creative he is in, in, in broken plays. And and a lot of teams that we're not talking about, the Chargers, mm -hmm. they play this week in a bye week, and and they've been red hot. Uh, they should be getting Joey Bosa back and a couple guys injuries healthy. And, of course, New England as well. well. What's your take in the AFC? Well, right now, I think the AFC is, even though the Chiefs are are doing what they're doing and the Patriots are be, are just rolling after, usually we'll be seeing those uh, uh, early season uh, slow starts. Early season swoon. Yeah, there's the slow starts with the Patriots usually. We've been seeing that more often, but they we always know that they're going to get it together. They'll get that defense together, and we know the Chargers are what uh, say Chargers. They remind me a little bit of the Panthers and the and the NFC. They're just sitting under the radar. They're sitting again, sitting, another five and two team sitting under the radar. And uh, there is one other team that I think that could make noise if they get in, and I think that's the Steelers. We're not talking a lot about them because. Uh, they're having the Le'Veon Bell hold out. The defense isn't playing well. They're quietly sitting at four, two, and one right now. And with that, and Big Ben knows how to put up points. He will keep you in a game. And, and James Conner, James Conner, that is a that is one of the biggest stories in the whole league. And it's a great, it's great to see 
him him like fight through a Hodgkin not Hodgkin's lymphoma go through all that in college and right now having just one of the best seasons a running back could have undoubtedly he's been very productive for them and I've said that hey if if the Steelers who I think are you right under the radar want to make a run here in the AFC and potentially beat the Patriots and the Chiefs or Chargers to that extent Le'Veon Bell has a lot of value right now why not trade him why not go get an Earl Thomas why not go ahead and get a Patrick Peterson out of Arizona who wants out and and and, and galvanize it and, and booster up that secondary that's just been abysmal the last couple weeks uh the last couple years to that extent under Mike Tomlin and that's kind of hindered them from going to Super Bowls why not uh, trade and and trade Le'Veon Bell because James Conner is being very productive in that Steelers system right now and get a top name brand corner safety to galvanize that back I totally agree with that they really I mean I mean trade deadlines looming tomorrow at 4 p.m the trade deadlines here but you still have a still have a day still have a day to call some teams maybe try to make an offer maybe try to make maybe, maybe even throw it maybe see if you can even throw a maybe you can maybe get multiple players in return yeah and multiple returns they are right and I, I think another team that we're not talking about in the afc that um like you mentioned with uh carolina who can be a sneaky team if they get in a wild card spot and, and i think that might be the houston texans now they might not get a wild card spot because we know how, how god awful that afc south is but if they get in uh deshaun watson um deandre hopkins and will fuller the speedster that he is coming to his own that offense is starting to be explosive again under bill o'brien and 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 man their winners are five straight Jadavion Clowney, he did get banged up in that last game there on Thursday night against Miami. But him paired up with J.J. Watt is still a formidable combo to go against for any opposing defense. So, at worst, if the Texans can be a four seed or or at worst, five or six seed, I think that that's another team that is under the radar that nobody wants to game plan and get oh, before a postseason. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, they're running right now they're running away with the AFC South right now. I mean, they're two games ahead. They're getting all the tiebreakers. They're just, they're, I mean, I think they're going to, I think they're going to run away with the AFC South. I just don't like how the Jaguars are playing on offense. A team looks like just looks dis- discombobulated team. They're in disarray. I mean, what will be big? What, what it was a big loss for the Texans that will fall towards ACL late in that game against the Dolphins. And that's going to be a big loss. But they also have a really promising wide receiver in Kiki Kuti, the rookie out of Texas Tech. He he was a stud in college and he I, he's not going to he's not going to replace Will Fuller, but he can give you productive p- productive plays as a number 2. And I think I think they'll be able to survive. They'll win the division still. I th- and I think they I think they can make a run because Deshaun Watson is starting he's starting to look like his old self his knee is starting to look 100% he doesn't look hurt he's being able to go scramble around the pocket like he used to and make plays yeah indeed he is indeed he is and day by day and game by game he's starting to get that knee healthy and I think come postseason time 
the Texans and the mobility and creativeness of a Deshaun Watson um, can definitely create some problems for a lot of teams in the AFC there. And before we leave here, um, there uh, here on our show today, uh, Chris is, is um, through half of the season here in the NFL. Who's the NFL MVP? It's a I, I mean, maybe two weeks ago, I would have said it's no, no, it's a no-brainer. It's a very tough decision. I'm gonna go with Patrick Mahomes just slightly over Ty Gurley because Patrick Mahomes is a this young of a player doing what he's doing. I think means just puts him over the top. But Ty Gurley would be my my very close second. I mean. He does everything. He will run the football. He will catch the ball out of the back. He will even go in deep routes and catch passes. And I just think that is – he is the best running back in the NFL right now. But I'm going to give uh, – I'm going to give the slight edge to Patrick Mahomes because he has that offense rolling. And his only loss this season, he put up 40. I mean, what else could you ask him to do? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely there. And that was Chris Wolf, our insider there um, on the Sevies Podcast Show. And let us know what you think and keep us updated on upcoming episodes. For Chris Wolf, Sebi here on the Sebi Podcast Show. We're saying so long here in Sebi's Podcast.